You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Church family, welcome to the podcast and Merry Christmas. I am so glad that you tuned in today and you're going to be glad too. So Corey Jenkins is with me on today's podcast episode. Welcome, Corey. Thank you. Yeah, so you probably know Corey, but if you don't, by now, Corey is our student pastor. Um, man, he's been he's been on staff for several years as intern associate, and now he's he's the guy. So we're excited. Uh, you got big news coming to you. You guys are expecting uh, Jenkins' baby next year. Yep, first one. Yeah, so this is kind of the last Christmas with you and Bree. Yeah, just the two of you. Okay. It's crazy. Well, we're excited for you. Church family's happy for you, man. We're yeah. we're stoked. I wanted to invite you on the podcast today to talk about volunteers. So in church on Sunday morning, um, I threw out a big number, 64,064 cookies. Yeah. 64,000 cookies is a ton of cookies. <laughs> and uh, if you were in church, you, you, you remember, but if you weren't, let me set it up for you. I was in the kitchen Sunday morning before Sunday school, and I saw Kim Pace, our 7th and 8th grade boy Sunday school teacher, making cookies. And he does that every single week. And he has for as long as I can remember. He's in there just baking cookies in the church oven for his middle school boys Sunday school. I was the youth minister years ago, and Kim was doing it back then. And I realized, you know what? I don't know that Kim Pace has made cookies every week. I think he has, but who knows? doesn't matter. The cookies are symbolic. Mm-hmm. I just did the math. I thought if, you know, he was, he was making, you know, I just took the number of cookies he was making. Uh, I think it was 56. I don't remember, but it took the number of cookies he was making. I multiplied that by, you know, 22 years of teaching by 52 weeks every year. Mm-hmm. And it was 64,064 cookies. And I used that Sunday morning just as a way to say, that's a kind of cool picture of one person investing faithfully in a faith mm-hmm. community for decades. Here's a guy who taught all three skipper boys mm-hmm. in middle school, Sunday school, and you know taught for their dad back when I was the youth minister for the entire time that I was a youth minister, um, and has taught ever since then. Anyway, I just was excited, not just about Kim, but about all those volunteers at Carterville who are doing what Kim yeah. is doing, who are serving Jesus very faithfully every week. And... They're they're doing it not because they want a pat on the back mm-hmm. or any kind of reward. They're doing it because they said yes to serve Jesus and they want to serve him the best they can. So they're making cookies, holding doors, mm-hmm. holding out notes, playing pianos, singing, teaching, volunteer, driving meals on wheels route, mm-hmm. serving on committees, leading on teams, doing any number of a thousand things, you know, from benevolence mm-hmm. to missions to teaching to whatever. Watching babies and rocking, teaching kids in preschool. Man, they are doing a thousand things in this church. And I just want to thank them. And I want to talk about volunteers like Kim. So 64,000 cookies and other examples. Corey, when I mentioned to you that I wanted you to chat with me, you know, because Kim's in your ministry area, right? Yeah. You teach a seventh grade. Uh, you, you perked up really quickly because you've got other volunteers that have put this on your mind. You've been thinking about the importance of volunteers. What are some of the things God's been teaching you lately about the role of volunteers in church? Why does it matter? What's God up to? Yeah, I think um, first, it's. I think it matters a lot to me um, because I see it in Scripture. Um, I see the need 
of Scripture calling, uh, especially when uh, God was with Israel back in the Old Testament, um, and even in the New Testament with Paul and Timothy, you know, um, a scriptural precedent of, hey, volunteer, like the church as a whole is supposed to be engaging one another, uh, including other generations, um, to stir one another up to love the Lord and to set their hope in Him. Um, if I could read from Psalm 78 just really quick. Um, Psalm 78, starting verse 1, says this, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. So he's making note things that... Um, so that have been passed, that have been passed down from his, their ancestors, from their fathers. So then he says in verse 4, We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. Um, and so really, and then you go to the New Testament and you see in 1 Timothy 5, where Paul calls on younger people who said, don't rebuke the elders, don't rebuke older um people in the faith because they're spiritual fathers um you know older women are spiritual mothers younger um male and female are brothers and sisters in the faith so really the church as a whole is a faith family um that is supposed to be stirring one another intergenerational faith um relationships where they're stirring one another to love jesus um I think it's another thing is a testimony, you know, to go along talking about Kim um, is living proof of that. He is living out and other countless volunteers that we have in our church are living out the biblical mandate to, hey, we're going to serve our church family to stir other generations to love our God. Um, God has allowed our family, our past fathers and ancestors to pass this down to us. And so now we're going to pass it down to the younger generations and other generations in the congregation. Um, so I see a lot of biblical precedents for it. Um, but what a powerful testimony for, you know, Kim. I mean, think about it. You just said. His ministry, in a sense, has lasted the span of three youth pastors now. That well, four. You know, I mean, yeah. he started with Jim. Right? Okay, so, so he four. With, so, so he. Yeah. Well, I, you know what? I say he started with Jim. What if he didn't? He might have taught for Tim. I got to call. I got to call Tim. Yeah. But so he he goes back farther than I do, and I've been yeah. here twenty two years. So that I mean that's that's more years than the average pastor nowadays. That's right. Um, which is crazy. Um, especially with middle school boys. You know what's fun? You think about it, like, so 22, 22 years ago, I mean, a seventh, a seventh grader is 12 years old, mm-hmm. basically, right? Yeah. So a 12-year-old 12, a 12 in Kim's class from 22 years ago is 34. Mm-hmm. So our, our church has families in mm-hmm. their mid-30s, and Kim was their seventh grade Sunday school teacher. Yep. And what... And while that's more a fulfillment of this, because you think about it in that sense, Kim raised those 34-year-olds now that are probably married in our congregation that have their own kids, that hopefully are teaching their own kids yeah. about that. So you have this chain of effect of literally Kim 
and other volunteers passing down their faith to younger generations who are now passing down their own faith to their kids. Okay, so what do you want to say? Um, let's think about this. Mm-hmm. we got a church family filled with faithful volunteers, Yep. right? Um, I bet there's all kinds of reasons that faithful volunteers consider quitting. Right. And and some of them maybe they should maybe some yeah. some of them God saying hey I want you to take a break or I want you to do this I mean not everybody I mean for right. example you don't not any... not everybody's fit to be in student ministry some people need to be in the kids ministry some people need That's to right. be in the choir like That's right. but but I I would love to know like what would you say to those volunteers in the church right now you know who uh, are serving week after week after week. Uh, and they're not going to get a, a thank you. I'm not. I'm not going to catch it. I'm not going to say it from the pulpit yeah. like I did, you know, last Sunday with Kim. I'm just going to miss it. I'm not going to recognize it or whatever. What are you going to say on this podcast to those volunteers at Carterville that just show up every week in small ways mm-hmm. uh, and keep contributing to the kingdom? Yeah, I would say always tie your service back to the end result. And what I mean by that, I think for the psalmist, he goes on to say in verse 5, the Lord established a testimony in, in Jacob and appointed law in Israel. Essentially, he keeps going, but the Lord has made himself known so that the next generations would know, so that generation after generation would tell one another. So what I mean by that is in your faithful service when it's hard, the same God that has provided the opportunity for you to serve to pass on to the next generation has also like let that service be rooted in him because, because God has made himself known. It is only because of that, that we can go to the next generations and share the gospel and disciple them. Well, and like in children's ministry, preschool ministry, student ministry, you're not, you're not babysitting. Some Sundays it might feel like you're babysitting, but you're not babysitting. Like you're, You're actually trying to pass down faith and teach and disciple and and inspire people to, to love Jesus and see what matters. You're providing, you know, just a million mentors uh, mm-hmm. to, to to our church family who needs them. All right, so here's what I want to do. I want to look at a church filled with fantastic, faithful volunteers, and I just want to thank you. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you, you know, I recognize that you showing up every week and serving Jesus, whether or not anybody catches it to say thank you. Um, you're my heroes and you're raising up the next generation. Discipling the next generation of believers does not look like people with microphones on platforms. I think it looks more like life group leaders, extended care workers, meals on wheels, drivers, people who are discipling folks one-on-one across Mm -hmm. from the coffee table. Like I know that some jobs at church put you in the spotlight. If you're in the choir, if you're, you know, praise band singer, if you're a staff member, but I'm telling you that I recognize it's the people clicking the keys in the tech booth. It's the people opening the doors when people walk in. It's the prayer warriors. It's the volunteers in a thousand different roles. And I just want to tell you, thanks a ton. I saw Kim Pace's 64,000 cookies, and it made me stop. It blew my mind. But it also makes me want to look up and say, you know what? Thank you for what you're doing. Thanks for opening the door one million times. How many times has Bogey Lee and Butch O'Neill opened a front door and greeted somebody. You know, I just want to thank a church filled with faithful volunteers. Let's keep it up for the next generation so that we can glorify Jesus together. I love you. God bless you. Thanks a ton for uh, listening to this podcast. Let me ask you to do this. If there's a volunteer at Carterville that has blessed your life, 
why don't you just forward this, this podcast episode to them as your way of saying, thanks, you've made a difference to me. God bless you, Carville. See you Sunday. Thank you.